When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, my God. Look at that butt. <laughs> it is so big. That's totally what you sounded like. I was expecting you to break into that song, and then I was like, she doesn't know that song. <laughs> you totally went, oh, my God. Just like the song. That was so unexpected. Okay. I get naked. Oh my god, Jess, hi Hi, Elsie I totally missed you, dude I did like a whole intro all by, A whole five minutes of an intro All by myself last time And I was like talking to myself And I was like, hello, Jess Hello Hello, Jess Oh, Jess, you're not here I will say that doing a solo show, um, <laughs> with uh, just in general, I do I don't like not having you to bounce things off of. And sometimes I actually imagine myself talking to you because it helped. <laughs> Did you do that at all? <laughs> I, I actually was waiting for your response. See, is what I was doing. Did you not realize I wasn't there? Like legitimately? No, of course okay, not. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just making Dude, sure. That you, okay, how do you I prepare? Lost your mind. We have talked about this in the past. How do I prepare to do my solo episodes? Are you, is this a quiz? Yes, it's a quiz. What do I do? What does Elsie do when she's going to get behind the mic and, you know, hot, hot water with lemon? No, <laughs> not a the deep, stuff. A very I do. deep breath. Like not the physical stuff. Like the actual. She like, sets an intention. <laughs> no. No, the preparation. You know, like we do things differently. So. Oh, you script it exactly. So I scripted it. I scripted me saying, hello, Jess. You did not. Yes, I did. Well, did you, am I supposed to say hello back? No, because you weren't Why there. Why did you script that? Because you weren't there. It was me showing the audience that you weren't there. Okay. <laughs> now I'm confused, but that's cool. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I missed you. And then I, yes, I missed you. And, uh, but it was a great interview though. Good job, guys. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit while we go into talk about Natalie. Up next is Christy, actually. It just so happens that there are two sponsors. But um, in between, when I'm not interviewing new people, I have some of the MoneyCast episodes that I'd like to put up um, because they're really good and they're about business and money. But Christy's I've already done as well. And she was equally as fascinating (gasps) and funny. so excited. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's going to be great, guys. So do give us a little bit of feedback. And I will get on the ball and do interviews myself about stuff that I want to – I forgot. I had an idea that just came in like (gasps) – I want to talk to, ooh, I know what it was. But I know I don't, this could be a little bit negative, but I think that I want to, I, I kind of want to go there though. I kind of want to interview, I kind of want to interview some um, podcasters that have pod faded. Oh my God. I want do. to get people on the show that were so gung ho about podcasting and then they're, they've disappeared. They're gone. I mean, are you going to give them a hard time? Or no, I just want to know, like, why? I want to talk about why. 
Like, so that our audience. There's always a good reason. Exactly. But I want our audience to hear that because there's people who, you know, all of a sudden disappear for like two years and they're just like, okay, I'm kind of coming back. Like I keep seeing that I'm coming back. I'm coming back. And, and there's something to be said for pod painting. And there's something to, that happens when people, you know, start podcasting and they're so gung ho and their expectations are perhaps not as realistic as the space is and what they want from it. So I want to talk about that. Well, let's do this. If anyone's listening and you have pod faded and you want to send us audio and save Elsie the yeah. trouble of setting up an interview, you could totally do that right now. And you could. I, I don't want to call you out by name, but I know there are people who are either in the process of starting a new one or have changed their brand or have just, you know, pod yep. faded because they just don't like the subject anymore like me. And... um Send us a voicemail and just tell us why, what your show was, mm-hmm. what you struggles you were having, why you pod faded, whether or not you're going to come back and why. And I'm, and I mean, there's one in particular. I don't even know if she still listens, but like Kim Trumbo, if you were listening, I would love to hear if you're planning on coming back because you're a great, po- she's a great podcaster. You got a great voice. She just changed her direction a little bit, I think, in her life. Like, yeah. Not like her whole life changed, but I just mean like... No, I, I get it. It's yeah, she like, just is yeah. doing Je- George Generous Giraffe and a bunch of other stuff. So Yeah, that's what happened with Elsie's yoga class. It's one of those things where it's yeah. like, I'm not teaching yoga right now. So Right. Uh, right, right. You know, <laughs> so, uh, but yes, send the email over to feedback at shepodcast.com, feedback at shepodcast.com. And if you, you know, have 90 seconds that you can really quickly say... You could use SpeakPipe, which is speakpipe.com slash shepodcast, but you only get 90 seconds, so you better be quick about it. Script it. Script it. Do it Do it the Elsie way. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to get into some news here. News for you. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. This news is from Authonic. Aphonic, and now they have an audio editor for Android, which is essentially at this moment, I think, still in kind of a beta stage from what I gather for this. And so I'm not sure if you guys know what Aphonic is. Aphonic is like an, it's actually online as well as desktop based editing software. And it's not editing software. It's kind of actually, you know what, maybe it's it's less editing in most. I don't even know if I would say editing. Don't you just upload it and say go and it just padoodles yeah. and then gives it back to you, right? Yes. So this is actually called audio editor for Android. But the initial product is more a post production tool. So what it does is that it levels out your audio. So if, you know, Jess and I have different levels or, you know, when I used a phonic for our super famous end of the year episode where we had like 30 plus pieces of audio feedback that came to me, then and it's really hard for me to obviously manually level out all of those pieces of feedback so nobody is louder than another person. So I compiled the whole thing together and I uploaded it over to Aphonic and Aphonic does magic and then it delivers <laughs> back the audio with the audios leveled, which is yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, right. and it's great because it, it's a freemium model. You get a certain amount of minutes per month that you can level. And if you want more, you can purchase more minutes. So they have packages. And you can also, for in terms of an app, uh, download for your desktop. I believe it's like somewhere around the 80 
to $90, possibly more, for the app for you to download, for you to own it, so that you have it in your computer. And I've been wanting to invest in it. I just keep forgetting. It's like one of those things where you're like, if you have 100 bucks extra, usually going to get an editing software is not the thing that's going to be top of my list. So, <laughs> right. But I've been wanting, I mean, I've really been wanting it. Um, but so anyway, but anyway, this is new. This is a new release. This is for uh, Android. This is for your like tablet and your phone, which is awesome. It's, and it's free. So basically for all of you guys who ha- who want to do your podcast on the go and have something with you in your pocket and you are an Android user, you could totally do this now. Right How cool is that? I know. So anyway, you guys should check it out. There'll be a link in the show notes to the blog uh, post about this stuff. And it says uh, about this specific editor, it says Alphonic Edit is a non-destructive audio editor and recorder with focus on ease of use, high quality audio and stability in combination with the integrated Alphonic web interface. You can post, process, encode, tag, and publish your podcast interviews, music recordings on the go with a single click. Holy How cool crap. is that? I know. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. So anyway, all of you Android people, I'll happy now. Alphonic edit. Yeah. So did you get a chance to check out this uh, other news on PodTrack? I'm, yeah, of I'm, course. I'm kind of not very I signed us up. For what? For PodTrack. Well, well oh, okay. it's a, as a publisher, I put yeah. my name in through the agency and then I put our RSS feed and then something went wonky and I took it out. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> let me try, let me go back in and just see if our, it's just like, I put the RSS feed in and then it gave me one of these like crazy Google code pages. Like something has gone horribly wrong. Here's all the code for everything in our website and yours. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And so I took it out. <laughs> oh my God. So, okay, guys, for those of you guys who don't know what PodTrack is, because they've been a, they've been in the podcasting industry now for like about 10 years or more. And this was one of the first ways that you could measure podcast downloads out there. And what you do is you sign up for the PodTrack service. Oh, no, it's you, in there now. You do your RSS feed stuff, you know, just like what Jess did. Mm-hmm. And then you get like a little tracker that... Y- I'm not even sure where you're supposed to insert the podcast. I don't see thing. it. Yeah. But I don't you see get a little tracker. extra piece of code that you add to, I'm not sure if you do it to your feed, because I, I never signed up for PodTrack, so I don't really know the ins and outs about it. I don't know if you add it into your feed or if you add it into uh, your individual podcast files, like the episode files, and that's how they uh, are able to track what's happening with your stats and whatnot. But what they've done is that they've, currently introduced a ranker of top podcast shows and networks. Mm-hmm. networks. So they put this stuff out there, and um, I guess the only caveat for this stuff is that you do have to opt in. So it's not like all of a sudden PodTrack is tracking the, the entirety of all podcasts. They are really tracking the people who choose to participate, just like Jess and I you know, submitted the feed at this moment into PodTrack so that that process begins. I'm kind of not very excited by this. I don't know why. Maybe it's because of the ones that were like the top 10, which is like, duh. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want to read the top 10 if you want to see the, like who, who they were? Sure. The top 10 are, and try and hold on to your hats, <laughs> NPR. What? 
this <laughs> <laughs> this American Life comma serial, which I thought was part of NPR, and then and WNYC Studios is number three. Aren't they all the same shit? Kind of. What's that? Yeah, that's what I say. Okay, I thought it was just me. Okay, number four is How Stuff Works. Number five, CBS. Number six, T Twit. Twit. What does that this, stand for again? This Week in Tech. This That's is, right. Thank yeah. you. This Week in Tech. I knew that. Number seven, The Moth. Number eight, Roman Mars. Number nine, WBUR. Number 10, Nerdist Industries, which that doesn't surprise me. But what I... So underneath the stats, it says who's included in the ranking. Uh-huh. And it says our proprietary podcast industry audience ranking of the top 10 includes producers and publishers who create, own, and distribute podcasts. Groups that do not produce content are not included. In order for a publisher to be considered, they must use the PodTrack system. So this is actually the top 10 ranked using PodTrack. Yes. Not the top 10 ever or of all time or even – relevant to the industry right so how dare they call it a podcast industry <laughs> audience ranking because it's like because it's They're like dreaming. it's link it's link bait dude it's link bait and i think well, that certainly is well because I, I think that's what it is so now like it's so weird because right now i'm in a position where i know that if i okay so if you guys want to go deeper into the stats and why these are perhaps not measured not it's not that they're measured correctly but that there are other podcasters that have more downloads than this you need to listen to the feed which is episode number 72 which came out this weekend so if you guys want to go check that out i don't know um what we talked about but i do know (laughs) because because we're going to record that in a couple of days but so but i know for sure that there are going to be some stats that are going to be revealed about um indie podcasters that have bigger numbers than these so that's going to be interesting and also you know is really i did not know this but since this is networks i was looking at the active shows and whatnot but dude Check out The Moth is one show. Roman Mars is one show. And they're getting that many downloads because... Everyone loves The Moth. That doesn't surprise me at all. Right. But then I'm just saying like... And also the Nerdist Industries have 10 podcasts that are active shows. And then I saw CBS has 474 podcasts. I know. You didn't know that? No. Like that's a lot. 400 and what are they i i don't even know one making dad was one of them oh gamer tag radio is one of them oh that's cbs yeah okay Okay. i'm i was confused all right okay Yeah. yeah 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 all right well cbs with 474 okay is that yeah that that does it all right well that's um that's all i have to say now Listen, right on. listen to the other things I said later because I'm not <laughs> sure. Okay. I'm so underwhelmed by this. It's like, okay, I'll just report on that because it's something that came out. But I'm just like, eh. I know. Meh. It's kind of a shame. Yeah. That's not good. I actually yeah. want to talk more about your interview with Natalie, though, because I thought that was awesome. Okay. Well, because what? we are moving now into a... um this is like her sponsor advertiser uh, little thing here that we're going to start to talk about now because Natalie is our sponsor and we had this conversation and it was really interesting to me to be able to hear how passionate she is about masterminds 
mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. because I like them, but I'm so not like so into them. You know what I mean? I'm surprised she's so into them. You know what I kind of think about it is, is like, yeah, there's just some stuff that like some stuff is for some people and <laughs> stuff is for other people. I sort of see masterminds as and I hope this doesn't insult you, Natalie. I sort of see it as like CrossFit. Like if you're well, because if you're super into CrossFit, you do it with other people who are super into CrossFit and it really works for you and you lose a lot of weight and you feel really healthy and you feel awesome. It's the best thing ever. But if you're not into CrossFit, you're just like, that's nice for you, but I'm not necessarily into CrossFit. Does that make sense? So like kind of makes sense. Although I have to say that there's because I've never been successful in a mastermind. Go ahead. But you haven't done one the way that she does, though. And I think that that's like, that's one of the key things is I do, I and I completely understand. And I think that this is one of the reasons that I wanted to talk about this because of the resistance to go into a mastermind um, that you, like that I know you're feeling and that I have felt in the past is really sort of a block to be able to kind of do some of this work. And I think one of the reasons that I love the fact that we have Natalie doing these and that it's in alignment with what we're doing here at this moment is because there is a structure to the way that Natalie puts it out there that is both accountable and open. Mm -hmm. So there's an element of, yes, you do have to deliver. But the other thing is that there is an element of being open to the ebbs and flows of the conversation, mm-hmm. you know? So I like that. I like the fact that she also continues to study uh, about uh, human behavior, basically, personality types, what works well when you get together, when, what really works for people when you start to work with them or not, and how to be able to discern the type of chemistry inside of a group. Mm-hmm. which I feel is incredibly important. So going to bizchicks.com slash she podcasts uh, and start to kind of the conversation with Nat or read what happens with the masterminds. And if you really want to step into this hub of conversation and to take action on something, it's something that you can absolutely do. And I guarantee you, ladies out there and gents, oh, it's ladies, it's just ladies, ladies, <laughs> not the gents that you guys are listening to, I know. But after going to podcast movement, I guarantee that there's going to be a little fire in your belly to take action. And that's going to be the best time for you to sign up for that. Mm-hmm. I th- I think anyway. I'm getting all excited for you guys, even I though agree, like, I'm though. like I totally agree. I said it'll be so good. I totally agree. Yeah. So that was it. So you guys go over to uh, bizchicks.com/slash/shepodcasts. That is b-i-z-c-h-i-x.com/slash/shepodcasts, so that you can sign up right after podcast movement and get your shiz together, people, with her. All right. Do you remember when we play? When we, um, th- those of you listening, I'm not talking to Jess right this moment. You guys listening to <laughs> to us? It's hard to discern that. I know, right? Um, when um, we both applied for Work It, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. Did we talk about that online? We remember. did because you were telling me you gotta you gotta apply. Have you applied? And I was like, No, we didn't. I haven't applied yet. And you had applied, and I hadn't applied. And yeah, so I was very wishy washy about the whole thing. You were. But then Which I, is amusing. It was amusing, yes. And then I did it. Basically, I think the day after we recorded. So on that Thursday, after we recorded, I went ahead and I barely made it under the 
bullet to apply for this work it thing. But we got emails, didn't we, Jess? <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> so I got in. So Elsie was invited <laughs> and I was not. Um, Elsie, I thought that we were going to sign up under the She Podcast as far as a company. But you actually signed up under Libsyn because yeah. otherwise I would have done it under my agency. Yes. But so, yeah. So I did it under She Podcast. And but that's OK. I mean, I just figured they would let me in just because of that. They didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's OK. It's fine. But they it's totally fine. That, I, I know. And it's and it, it was really weird because it's like all of a sudden. Oh, but 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 here's what happened, though. I got two emails. I got one that I was accepted and then I, I got one that declined me. <laughs> That's right. I almost forgot. Yeah. So like first they told her yes. And then 20 minutes later, they told her no. Yeah. Which was, which very was so friggin weird. Yeah. So then I was like, what? So that was very strange. And but it was very weird because that's what happened on my email. So I got like, yes. And then I got no. But then when I read the email because of the, you know, because I, I usually check my email on the phone. The first one that I saw was the no, because... You kind of read like that in when you're in an email, you don't use, you know, you, you read the earliest, the thing that you just got. Right. And so I read the no first and I was like, ah, and then I kept reading and I was like, what? <laughs> so, yes, and so, right. so I didn't have like a, a letdown effect kind of, because if I would have, if somebody said, yes, you're going, and then you get another meal saying, no, you're not, then it would have kind of been sad but I kind of wasn't because I, I had already was, was like ah I guess I'm not going and so the bonus was that oh I got accepted oh my god so I did email them back and I was like oh what's the scoop <laughs> because I right. got two emails right. right and they said yes you are accepted and so I was really really proud of myself I was very very happy and I thought wow am I like the only one and that's why I was like hoping to get something from someone out there in the She Podcast group that said that they were going as well that weren't necessarily what we call procasters, right? That that are sort of a little bit more um, in the serious audio editing and going into journalism school and working for radio and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. So when I got accepted, I immediately started to make plans to see how all of this would work out and Sadly, with the way that things are going here in my life, because it was June at that moment, there were so many things that we had pre-planned for that amount of time that I am unable to go. And so I had to decline. But then... Then the most amazing thing happened. <laughs> then I emailed him and I said, I'm so sorry, I can't go. But why don't you ask my partner, Jessica Stopperman, <laughs> to go for me. And they said, yes. You crazy lady, you. What have you done? And so that's what I did. And they totally were like, okay. They, <laughs> she unleashed me. <laughs> I totally did. So I am so excited uh, for you, Jess. Thanks. Dude, you are representing all of the indie podcasters on the planet. I know. It's scary. It's a lot of responsibility. It's a responsibility that I felt you were actually more qualified for being such an indie indie lady yourself. And you're going to have to channel me. You're going to have to channel me. Because you and I sometimes do share a Yes, we do. We totally do channel each other. And then, yes, I do. I I, I agree. 
I mean, like, because there will be, it's very weird, actually, how that happens where, and I don't know if it's because she's intuitive or because I'm easily read, which is probably true, because many times people can read my mind, which means I'm probably an open book. But also, it could just be from working together. But oftentimes, like, we'll know the, what the other person's thinking or feeling, like, not just like, oh, I know how Elsie will feel about this, because that just means I know her well. But often we'll both go, hey, I added this to the show notes. It's the same thing. Yep. It's like twins that show up wearing the same dress all the time. It totally. We do that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So I'm very weird. I know. And it's so it's going to be very exciting for you to do this. And um, yeah, so I'm stoked, of course. Yes, I'm excited. I'm a little nervous. I'm not sure which part I'm the most nervous about. I think that I'm going to ask or say something stupid. Is what I'm the most worried about. Not because I think I'm stupid, but just because what if there's like a lingo or an underlying understanding that they have that we or I don't. Mm -hmm. But perhaps that's, you know, one of the reasons we want to be there. Right. And I think what I I want especially to experience, too, is the the experience of, of crafting a show, I think that would be really, that's actually one of the reasons that I wanted to go. And I think it would be really awesome for you as well to be able to kind of get into the depths of content and creating a show as an entity and what it takes to do that, to refine it rather than, and I'm not dissing this in any way, shape or form, but the way that most of us kind of approach this at times, which is get an intro and an outro and then do an interview in the middle and call it done, mm -hmm. you know, and to be able to kind of have a finesse in there to create a show. So that I feel I'm really impact, like happy about. And the other thing that I kind of am excited about for you too, is that they are going to be talking about monetization. I mean, that's part, I don't know if you, you know what, did you get, did I'm you, looking at the schedule right now. No, but did you get the survey? Yes. But you want to hear something hilarious? What, what, You're what? You're going to laugh. Oh no so hard hold on i have to actually i have to even look up how it was phrased to me because you're gonna see what a true egomaniac i really am oh my god okay so it said we're delighted to offer you the spot from the wait list it, this contains some essential instructions you need to confirm your spot confirm my spot i reply back and it says done i'm so excited and thank you very much then <laughs> Tell me if you wouldn't make the same mistake. Oh my God. Then she writes back and she says, received. Looking forward to meeting you next month. We do have one additional request. A few of the panels we're putting together will be based loosely around you in capital letters, around your questions and the challenges you're facing. Please help us program these sessions by answering this survey. It's just a request, not a requirement. You can answer some or all of them. And I thought, oh, I get me. It. Yeah. She must mean the individual podcaster. She must mean she podcasts. Oh my they want to know what we want, what we're doing. <laughs> and then the first question, it says, work at programming survey. Question one, women working with women. I went, never mind. That's not what she meant. Oh, my God. That is so hilarious. Because, yeah, the first question is, do you have an experience working with other women, uh, you know, that is negative or positive? And I was like, well, hell, yeah, I do. But she's not asking me. Right. It has nothing to do with me. It's not based on me. But I went, I was so flattered for a moment there. <laughs> I know you were like, oh my God, you? Yeah. Mwah? Yeah. I was yeah. all Miss Piggy. Mwah? Totally. <laughs> oh my God. It was so embarrassing. Okay. I get it.
I totally get it. And so, but, but see those questions, I actually yeah. didn't even answer the questions because at that time when they sent that to me, I was so on the fence. I, like I still, I was waiting for one last possible response, mm-hmm. you know, one last possible response. And so that didn't pan out. And so I, that's one of the reasons I didn't fill out that the questionnaire. But when I looked at it, I was like, Oh, this is interesting. And so when I saw, when I've seen the panels too, there's conversation that's going to be happening around monetization and making money, you know, and all that fun stuff. And I think that we and you as the representative can really bring to light the other things that people are doing, you know, the other ways that there's monetizing happening in the space that have nothing to do with download numbers. And that have nothing to do with advertisers and have nothing to do with corporate strategy. Exactly. But everything to do with just audience support and influence. Absolutely. It's going to be cool. Uh, Yeah. And then that's, that's actually one of the key things that I feel public media is really lacking because there is this incredibly beautiful audio piece that is put out. The work is really resonant in people's ears and whatnot, but there's an element of detachment from it because you can get really excited like the serial people. You know, the serial people, their fan base was huge, but they created their own stuff. Like they went into Reddit and created a whole conversation going on in Reddit. They created their own podcast about cereal. They were talking to each other about cereal, but they weren't talking to the host. They weren't part right. of cereal. So do you think cereal would fans would still be the same cereal fans without Sarah? Do you think anybody could take her place? You know what? I don't Sarah know. Fans. We would have, and that's that. the thing I was just thinking is like when you work on a show like Radio Lab or Serial or another round. Like, I mean, for another round, I do think they're fans of Heaven and Tracy. Yes, but yeah. like when you're a producer of that show, like, do you feel like those are your fans? You don't. I don't think you feel like those are your fans and your audience. Mm. I think there are some people that you will see there that that is the like case. two dope queens. Yes. The moth. I don't know. Yeah. I think they're fans of the moth. I don't think they care who's producing it, even if it is done well. Well, I think that that the majority of people possibly not. But then there's a lot of the hardcore peeps, you know, like the people who are real big fans of like, let's say the Star Trek you know, like Enterprise or whatever, all that kind of stuff or Star Wars and whatnot. And what they do is that they really dive into the people like who's the producer. They produce this, you know, this now they're going to be directing this. And they know like who like with the Julian Fellows people, like people who like Julian Fellows love the majority of the stuff that he writes and they buy his things. Mm-hmm. So I think that there is that element from the hardcore fan base, but there's also a lot of people who perhaps, like, I don't know uh, a lot of my favorite shows that I like to watch. Like yeah, even, the executive producer. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Why like, would you? I, right. That, but the majority. But there's a lot of people who are super, super, super into whatever it is that they're consuming. And they do, like Randy does that stuff like that, where, like, I'll mention a movie and he goes, well, you know who produced that? And I'm like, uh, no. <laughs> He's like, the guy that did this and this and that, or you know who wrote that script? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I usually know the writers more than the producers. I don't. So, I, And oftentimes I will notice, though, when the producer is in the cast, a lot of times yeah. like I've, I'll notice like, oh, Steve Carell executive produces The Office. That's cool. Yeah, well, that's really cool if you start to notice that like that. But what I'm saying is like for the most part, like with somebody like me 
who yeah. is just a consumer. Like, I don't really... Ca- blind consumer. Bl- I'm a completely <laughs> blind consumer. Whereas yeah. with podcasts, it's different because I know them intimately. Like, I know the indie podcasters are doing their own stuff, you know? And usually because there is this level of intimacy, we will say, hey, Jess, I'm starting a new a new project. I'm doing mm-hmm. this Why? And hey, guys, I'm, I'm doing this. Do you want to come check it out? Mm-hmm. And usually what happens with podcast consumers is that they will. They'll go listen. You know, like if I'm on a different podcast and I tell you guys, which I'm going to tell you guys later, you will go. Like there's people who do that. Like, like I listened to you when you were on this podcast and I'm like, wow, you did. So people wow. do 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 that. So but that's I feel that that's a very unique thing to the indie space where we really cultivate that one-on-one relationship. And that's kind of what I I want you to kind of bring to the table over there so that they can see how do you, you know, interact with your audience? Like what are the ways that you can create a community that you curate and that you grow rather than let them go do them their own stuff over Mm -hmm. there in the interwebs? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, It'll be really cool. I did notice that a lot of the schedule is not about business and monetization, which is normal, actually, because most of these people aren't really, they're not part of the sales team. They're not part of the marketing team. They're doing the actual show. So it's like speed dating for women podcasters and then how to be heard, how to listen, the art of the ask, which is, I guess, like getting guests, pitching publicists, like that kind of thing. And then doing good interviews, stations of the pod, I guess. What's this? Oh, metrics. That'll be Mm. interesting. And then journalism in podcast form, which is interesting. How to bump your career, going solo, which is, I guess, oh, the Association of Independence in Radio convenes an honest conversation about getting your work out there. This is still doesn't I still don't even feel like that applies to individual mm. podcasters because it's Association of Independence in Radio. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not in radio. No, we're not in radio. We're not in radio. So anyway, I feel very blessed to be able to go and I feel very excited about the stuff I'm going to learn and bring back to the show and I'll do like a full report oh when God, I get I'm back. So excited. I'm really nervous. Dude, you're going to have I to wish do you Snapchat, could go. Dude, Snapchat. I will have to Snapchat and maybe a little Facebook Live action. Oh my God. You know what I just thought? If possible. Oh my gosh. Hmm. I have to see what the date is. Because we could do like a total through time and space watching. You know, like we could have like a She Podcasts. Like we all get together. Oh, like yeah, all of us that are not there, not you having to broadcast this for no, us no, because no, it's going it. to be broadcast. So maybe we can have like a couple of dates where we will all convene together and watch together and comment. Maybe we should have a thread in the Facebook group, in the She Podcast yeah. Facebook group, where we can talk about this stuff. And um, I can relay conversations to you and text them to you so that you can ask questions. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. That would be, be awesome. Jessica Kupferman stands up and she goes, this is a question from our She Podcast community from, you know, yeah. XYZ. Yes. She wouldn't that be says, amazing? wouldn't that be rad? Like, if they let me do it, if it's closed, true. I can't do it. So I just have to find out, really. Yeah. But we can try. <laughs> That's amazing. We can certainly try. Maybe I could do that. That would be so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a segue, but you'll have to stick with me here yes. for a second. So I had a podcaster who was going to sign up with an agency, and she was questioning whether or not she wanted to sign up because 
since Elsie does all the news, she thought maybe I wasn't keeping up with the industry news the way that Elsie did. But I do read Hot Pot and Hot, and I'm a Hot Pot Pro subscriber. And I do have a Google alert about pot. I read all the stuff. I am totally 100% on it. I just usually, it's funny, like I let Elsie pick the articles because I feel like I, I get super excited about headlines. I'm a clickbait. I am the worst. I will <laughs> click on anything and and I will skim it and then send it to Allison and she'll go, yeah, but they tried to do this six years ago and blah, blah, blah. blah. And I'll be like, I'm an idiot. Never mind. <laughs> and so I tend to let her pick the articles. Usually like when it's something like the pod track thing, like I, it's everywhere to the point where I know she's going to want to talk about it. So I don't even bother putting it in there. And I already know what I'm going to say. Like I've usually, often I've read what she's put in there, but I don't necessarily pick it because i let her pick it because she's just been in the industry longer the podcasting industry longer i'm also reading about advertising and marketing in general and digital marketing in general and even though i haven't done it lately when there's something new about digital marketing that i think pertains to us that's when i'm adding the articles and that's when she'll be like over to you jess (laughs) i haven't done it in a while because this is actually right now is the time of the upfronts. I haven't really seen a lot about podcasting and upfronts, maybe one or two articles. They're not really worth mentioning, but a lot of TV stuff is happening right now. Maybe podcasting will get more news once they're over. And for those of you who don't know what the upfronts are, it's when all the advertisers get together and the networks kind of like do a uh, dog and pony show to get them to advertise on the new shows, the recurring shows, tell you what's canceled, that's not coming back. So it's kind of like, oh, you guys are advertisers. Here's this and this and this and this and this and this. And we're not having this anymore. We're not having this anymore. But they wait and announce it all at one time. And so the rest of us have to find out during the advertising season, like, what we've committed to that's going to be canceled that we're watching, unfortunately. Mm. But yeah, so anyway, I found myself having to, on some level, defend my stance in the industry. And I have, for anybody else who's listening, I have a couple explanations for that that I think are valid. Okay. One is that Elsie and I joke that I'm Adam Carolla and she's Dr. Drew. Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla. She's Dr. Drew. I'm Adam Carolla. But listen... First of all, I just want to say this. There would be no show without Adam. Not that Elsie couldn't do the show by herself, because of course she could. It might be less amusing. But also, I think that you need the clown. It's kind of like Laurel and Hardy. Like, if one is just funny all the time, it's exhausting. If one is just serious all the time, it's exhausting. I think that Elsie helps me look and feel smarter. And I think I loosen her up to a point where she and I are both entertaining and informative to listen to. And almost every single one of our iTunes reviews says that exact thing, that it's funny and entertaining as well as informative. And that's a rare thing, I think. Yeah. So I'm just going to say that that is not because I'm a clown. It's not because I'm goofy. It's not because I just sit here waiting to pick on Elsie. It's more of a skill than you would think. I hate to say, I mean, it it truly is a skill. It's more of a skill than you think. Listen to some other co-hosted shows about tech. Listen to some comedy co-hosted shows and listen to some, you know, and then listen to us again. The comedy is not necessarily scripted and pre-thought of, but it's a skill to know how far to push. It's a skill to know what's appropriate. It's a skill to know your co-host and how to make Elsie laugh. I know what's going to make her laugh and what not to joke about. I mean, whether she realizes that or not. I'm fully aware of what's going on the entire time. I'm not just here for her to bounce brilliance off of. But not that I'm 
I'm not being joking. Now that was mean. But like, I'm just saying like this part that I do is a skill. And then also like, you know, when it comes to the community and stuff too, we've said before, like we each have our role and her role is really social media and community. That's what she does for Libsyn. My role is to worry about like a little bit more of the business and the tech aspect. So you don't see me as much necessarily in the group. Um, it doesn't mean that I'm not learning and knowing and growing right along with her. It just means that I'm a little more behind the scenes of our the business of doing stuff. And also, I mean, I have a very strong, long background in sales and marketing and advertising, not in podcasting. She has spent the last 10 years on some form of podcast. I've only been podcasting for three. So this show is really where she shines. Work It is a thing where Elsie would shine. So the other part of this and why, and I'm not, I must sound defensive, but I'm just making an explanation here is that Another part of why I make it sound like that is because, so as a little girl, and I would say my first friends, aside from Jenny Santos when I was three, my first friends were boys because I had a big mouth. I've always had a big mouth. And so I was always friends with girls that already had a best friend and like they didn't need another best friend or whatever. So like I ended up hanging out with boys who didn't do that best friend bullshit. And then as I got older into elementary and middle school, I was bullied as in like they either didn't like me, they didn't want me around. And I was a year younger than other kids. And you would think that that wouldn't be that big of a deal. But when you're seven and everyone else is eight, when you're eight and everyone else is nine turning 10, like it can be a big deal. I was immature. And and again, big mouth, only Jew. And I stuck out. And so I didn't really learn until college what it was like to have a tr- like what a true women's friendship or girls friendship could be like. I did have one girlfriend in high school that was like what I'm about to describe. But for the most part, I didn't really have that until I was like 19 or 20. And it was the first time I had girls that would be like, in fact, they were so nice and positive and uplifting that often I felt they were building me up for some kind of fall. That's how nice they were. They were just like, oh my God, Jessica, you're so this and you're hilarious and we have to do this and we have to do that. And I would be like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) mm-hmm. Because I didn't believe them. Dude, I truly didn't believe them. I really thought they would just go do without me or they were just building me up so they could talk about me behind my back. No, the only things they ever said behind my back was the same shit they were saying to my face about what an awesome person I was. I couldn't even believe it. So it took me a long time to get the hang of that kind of friendship. And when I developed this friendship with Elsie, but really any friendship, I mean, that's what You'll know just if those of you who are listening who are friends with me, you know this already, that I'm very good at pulling out the positives in other people and talking about it a lot. I do that with Elsie because I've learned that when you have a woman friendship, that's what you do. You're their number one cheerleader. You celebrate your differences. You push them forward. You don't care about yourself. And sometimes it works out where they think to push you forward as well. Maybe it doesn't. Sometimes it does. Usually it does work out that way. And that's, I'm hoping, why Elsie was like, hey, I can't go, but ask Jess to go. I didn't ask her. I had no idea. She didn't even tell me she couldn't go until she told me she already signed me up. <laughs> I didn't even get a chance to be like, no, 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 ask this person instead. No, no. She was like, Jess, you're going. And I was like, fuck that. You're going. I don't want to go. You go. I mean, I do want to go. Of course I want to go. Oh, I just you guys could have- not do it. It was so like, it was just, there was no other, there was no other choice for me. I mean, there really had to be no other choice because you guys, I was like, you will go. I will buy your hotel room. I will watch your children. Oh my God. 
Remember? I was like, yeah, they you can did. stay with me. Yeah. I will watch them. I'll pay for your train. For, you drive here. I'll pay for your train from Philly to New York. It doesn't cost that much. You can get a boutique hotel room. It won't cost that much. Let she podcast. Let me pay for it. something. And it didn't even turn out to be about money. What did turn out to be, which not to turn, make a right turn. Right. Elsie doesn't drive. Well, yeah, there's that. I didn't know you didn't have a fucking driver's license all this time. Well, even I if... I should have put it together. Oh, right. I, but even if that was the case, though, so this is a whole... but Because there's so much happening here right now. Yeah, like that, Randy has a job. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, and the course. girls, and then we have... There's like a wedding happening that we're going to be... We're actually kind of be actually, going no to be moving is. to Pittsburgh for a month. So yeah, there's right. a, a oh, level right. of preparation that we're leaving actually on the 20, either the 22nd of June or the 24th of June. Mm-hmm. Those are either one of those two dates is when we're traveling and we're not going to come back till August. So there That's is so a, a level of preparation and a level of like, this is just, it, it would, it's just too much. It's too much for us. And then we're going to go to Chicago right afterwards. And then, right. you know, so anyway, that's what was happening. Yeah. So anyway, so it didn't work out for her, but like, I don't know. Like, I don't think on this show I purport myself to be an equal partner. And that was apparent to me when I had a potential client say, but are you really into podcasting or is this just something fun you're doing until you do the next business? But no, like I'm really into it. It's not the same exact way I'm into it. The way I'm into it is this puzzle. I like a good puzzle. I do not like putting them together. But I love a mental challenge. And right now, the one my brain is stuck on is how to get podcasters to make money for doing what they do. I have been stuck on it since I came back from having that baby. I mean, even before that, when I first started my podcast, and it was clear to me that like people liked me podcasting more than they really liked me doing like other stuff, like websites and whatever. So I was just like, wow, but how am I going to make money? And so it's not just a puzzle for me. It's a puzzle for all of us. How are we going to make a decent living? Well... Obviously, it works. Sponsors and advertisers work on niche shows like this one where we're not – I have, don't even know what our CPM is, to be honest with you. But I know that there's a return of like – what did we figure out? Like something like a 1,000%? Yeah. 100%? Yeah. A ridiculous return on investment from whatever advertisers we've had, not just the current ones, but past ones too. And you and know what? So- you're, you're right. We have to figure out what our CPM would be based upon what our rates are right now for our sponsors and how many downloads we have. We'll have to figure out what that CPM is. Yeah. Just for funsies. <laughs> Just for funsies. I can probably figure it out. Um, but anyway, so so anyway, to make a long story short, I'm stuck on that puzzle until it gets solved. And when it does get solved, I want to be there to sort of light the path so that other people don't have to solve this problem for themselves. I want to help you guys solve this problem. It's all I think about all day. It's the only reason I'm pitching companies big and small and signing podcasters big and small is because it's a giant puzzle. And I want to figure out, you know, how big can it go if you're not counting CPM? How big can it go if you're a small podcast and you're not counting CPM? Like, I don't consider Elsie and my show to be very large, but I know I represent smaller ones and they already have sponsors. I've already gotten them sponsors. I don't know what his, you know, what some of their CPMs are either. I shouldn't say he because there's a couple of them actually that are small that are already getting. But yeah, there's all different shows I'm representing. There's one show I'm pitching that hasn't launched yet. Because she has a huge audience, but she doesn't want to do a show until she has a sponsor for it. That's a big experiment. I only took it on because I was just like, sure, let's see how it goes. My gut says it's not going to fly, but let's see how it goes. 
I'm in. Right. Can I sell a show that hasn't launched yet? Why not? Why the hell not? She's a popular person like where she is. So why not? Let's give it a go. So anyway, the point I'm making, I guess, is that, well, there's two points. One is that I'm not just a clown on this show. <laughs> Maybe I should talk more, but it just so happens that this show's topic isn't necessarily all about marketing and advertising. I do want to start talking about it more, which is why I started the interviews, because I want to start interviewing you about how you're making money. And so we can all learn from that. That's all I'm saying. The end. What do you think, Elsie? That's good. You, you summed it up very nicely. <laughs> we were talking about this before we started recording and I thought like what tends to happen a lot of the time too is that in shows you know there are certain shows like this one that it's a specific type of show there is an element of entertainment that happens in the show there's an element of like pull the curtain back type of thing that happens in the show yes, yeah. we don't you know we don't get behind the mic and put on our you know suits and high heel shoes and take over the boardroom Right. That's right, not right, right. That's not what the style of this is. It's another element of it. And it's actually what resonates with a lot of people. And just because we have this banter, just because we tend to, you know, sometimes go off the rails with things. Sometimes, you know, we whine about stuff. Sometimes we say eloquent things like, I don't know. That's kind of sucky, you know, right. and stuff like that. That doesn't necessarily mean that neither Jessica or our, myself are not intelligent, smart, articulate, that we work with our clients in a specific way and that we get stuff done. It's just that, dude, do you have to constantly be, you know, on it and having these in insanely crazy conversations and, and be like on all the time? I don't think so. No, and I but I do understand why this person questioned it totally. Oh, I get it. I I understand as well. And I think, you know, you know, I always and I, and and I will be the first to mention it's like I really don't like to talk about money. I don't. I don't like to talk about the business aspect of of podcasting like as a subject matter. But I have to say that whenever I do listen to podcasts and I get super excited about them or my clients and whatnot, I am the first to come up like with like a bazillion reasons and ways in which they can make it sustainable and valuable because I connect with people. I am not a business person. I don't resonate with that. Like, you know, when it was really interesting when you were talking with Natalie and she was like, she just loves business. She loves yes. business, you know, and she, and she really lives there. And I think that that's great. She's constantly thinking about ways to create businesses and make money. Whereas I, that's not where I resonate. I, I resonate with content and creation, but that doesn't mean that there isn't an aspect of business attached to that, but I go for it in a different way. It's like, you have to coax me through the creative and then you'll get like all of this ROI, right? Because it's like, Oh my God, that was amazing. So it's a different way of working through things. I just don't resonate with that specific point. What you don't resonate with, I think, is making money for money's sake. Yeah, that's true. That's what I think it is because with Boss Jack, we were pretty creative about the way that we did those sponsors. But like with Natalie and Christy, there's been a side of you that's come out that really I'm going to stick with that has nothing to do with making money. But I think the kick of it for you is finding the most creative way to do it. Like I think I see, I you're think getting off totally on just trying to figure out fun ways of advertising them. Yeah. And like, I totally am. And like, who couldn't use that to make money? I, you don't even care about that part. 
I see it as a cash cow. Right. Because I'm just like, let's pick Elsie's brain about how to be creative about this guy or this girl or this lady or this advertiser. She doesn't even care. Give her a project. Make her sell a leaf (laughs) to a forest and she'll figure it out why that leaf is unique and that forest can't live without it. And she will sell it to you in a way that a salesperson couldn't even dream up. I love that's the what I love, you know, but I'm but again, I have to be connected to the leaf. You know, it's not just any leaf. Well, you have to see the value of the leaf. (laughs) (laughs) I like that the value of the leaf. So anyway, that's like, yeah, so that's so funny, but that's very true. So like, I'm gonna have to figure out how to monetize her brain. Yeah, it's true. Like you are much more of a salesperson than I ever thought you were going to be. And you would deny it to your grave. I do. I actually do deny it. I deny it. But I, mm-hmm. I think it's about, yeah, it's just the frame. Because it's about value. It's about value. <sighs> I know. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I do think it's about value. But I also think it's a very valuable skill. That's all. It's a very, very valuable skill to be able to do that in a way that's so seamless that people don't even notice. <laughs> Did you guys even notice we did a spot for Natalie earlier? I know. <laughs> and the whole thing about masterminds and why, yeah, I mean, that was a spot. She paid for that spot. She paid for, she paid for that spot. Well, And you know what? It's paid off. Too. I know. Like, That's not great. to speak for Natalie, I'm so but, it's, but her ad and Christy too, they both said that it's um, immediately started having an effect, which is great. But like, it's something to think about. Why? Why? Not just because we're influential over you guys, but because we can really stand behind what they do and and see and talk about what a valuable service it is. So, like, that's important. Very important. It totally is. I saw, you know, now kind of segueing into the rest of the conversation here. I did see a post that just came up from somebody thanking Christy. Yes. And, and and I think that that's one of those things that blows my mind when people just have to say thank you and they have to get on the group and they say, oh, my God, this is amazing. And it just makes me – and here's the thing, too. It's like the relationship with Christy, who is our second sponsor, by the way, from T Podcast, teampodcast.com, uh, is the fact that there is a level of knowledge to the way that she works with podcaster that podcasters that is above and beyond – getting stuff done. So mm-hmm. what you know right. you know what I mean because there are plenty of people. In fact, I can almost guarantee that you can find a very inexpensive VA that could do everything that Team Podcast does. Yeah. You know, like all the stuff like show notes or audio editing. Um It's so funny cuz like the more consulting clients I have, I swear I send people to Christy like three times a week because they're so overwhelmed and they're just like, I'm not getting any promotion out because all I do is put my show up and then I'm exhausted. And I'm like, here, here's a person who will do it for you. The whole effing thing. And it's not even that expensive. And they're like, thank God. I swear I send her like three people a week. No, it's crazy because everybody's looking for this. And again, you know, the bonus aspect of it is that she knows podcasting. And just like when you were talking about the client that was talking to you about, well, are you really into this or whatever? Christy totally is because she, that's another aspect. She really, really knows podcasting. She actually knows all of the different like hosting systems out there, all the different ways that people configure to get their podcast out. She and, and that's a level of wisdom that a lot of new podcast companies out there or possibly some VAs have no idea about. 
So it's easy to be able to have some to outsource your show notes, or it's easy to outsource your images, or even the scheduling of your podcast, or or your publishing of your podcast. But there is no overall knowledge of how the entire system works, which I think is why Team Podcast is so stellar with this stuff. With added insight to, you know what, maybe you should take the link and put it over here instead of this. Maybe you should optimize this part for this type of consumption because she knows what the behavior of podcast consumers are as well. So keep that in mind. Um, so if you need help. I also I yeah. also have been noticing, yeah, that people are not just, they're, they're really most blown away so far by the fact that she will not just edit and put your show up for you but then also do all the promotion because that's for most people the piece that's missing if you're one of those people where like you're doing all the editing and then you're putting your show out and then you're too exhausted to promote it like christy does that too you can only just be podcasting it's not expensive for her to just grab the thing edit it put the bumpers on put it in lips and then schedule your social media so people start to listen to it anyway i'm done ranting well that was an actual sponsor break so you didn't even know rant. it, did you? <laughs> we so snuck funny. it in there on you. That's the genius of Elsie. I'm sure they knew because we were Hire talking about that. I'm sure All right. So I also want to thank again John John at Audio Editing Solutions and Rebecca Council CLR Virtual Connection. She's a social media manager also, and she's been helping us quite a great deal. So I was on the Slumberland podcast because I, I get an opportunity obviously to go on people's shows not as much as I used to because I, I don't have as much time but when I do go on shows I'm so 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 excited so this one was really great because Slumberland is an episodic narrative about a man exploring a mysterious island community somewhere up north <laughs> and actually my friend Tom is the one who he made up the story. So he basically comes up with the story. Every every episode, he, he comes up in his own head. And um, I got to meet him via Libsyn. And I was on a show before. He gave me a small, tiny little part, like a couple of scenes. And then he happened to come in a to Asheville and came and saw me. And we hung out with the girls and went to, he, he went to the library with us. It was so funny. So cute. He played mm -hmm. puzzles with May May and Hunty, but um, it was so cute. But anyway, so he hung out and then we were discussing and, and, and he goes, I want to do an episode on the character that I played before. And I was like, cool. So he wrote an entire episode just for me. Basically he sent me the script and I did it and he published it out. And it's so fun. I mean, it's so fun to be able to do a little bit of, voice acting to some degree, you know, mm -hmm. and it was so exciting. And I was also on the Productive Woman podcast, which with uh, Laura hey. McClellan, and it was really great because I got a chance to, of, of course, go deep into the bullet journaling thing. But also, it's since it's all about productivity, I shared all kinds of systems and things that work for me and what I do when I wake up and how I stay productive and what doesn't work and my belief around productivity as well. So, it's really fun. You guys should definitely listen to that. Yay. So, yay. But we have um, another article that I think is going to be really awesome here. This one's on Digiday, from, uh, from digiday.com. And one of the reasons that I brought this up is basically to talk a little bit more about advertising and monetization, really, because th this is the title of the interview or the article. It's called How Empire Magazine Came to Reign Over Podcasts. Too. And the reason I put this in the show notes is because I love how they changed making money to align with their show. 
Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, how do you make money from a podcast question, which is what we get a lot, but how do I make money with this podcast? Right, because right? every show is different. Exactly. And so here's something that I thought was, oh my God, this is so great. So one of the headlines in the article says that it changed the commercial model. And it says it has held Q&A sessions where it has recorded podcasts in front of live audience at the Prince Charles Cinema in London, but it plans to change for these and run them monthly. In September, it's running Empire Live, a week-long film festival of screenings, script reading, and podcast recordings. Revenue is coming from show sponsors like AEG, Parent Company, and O2, as well as ticket sales. So I guess... So they used to have brands Mm -hmm. but now they're doing events to drive revenue yes they are very very interesting and the other thing too that they're doing here is that they're really selling the live events as the main source of driving revenue but also the sponsors are not necessarily for the show they're for the event that's right so that's where the the event is actually the big sell that's right. And it's and it really works well. And the other thing that I really like about this is obviously I guess you can get the idea that what this is about because it's a magazine that has an established base and then they basically talk about this is for the Empire Film podcast so you know that it's about movies. So I really like the fact that they're doing a film festival. How cool is that? Very. Where they're screening this stuff, they're reading, they're script, script reading and podcast recordings, which all align with what the fans want to engage with. So it's not like, let's all get together and have a conference. Right. Or it's le- not a conference. It's not a conference. It's, it's a, a festival. It's a festival. A festivist for the rest of it. Yeah. And so I think that that really shifts things around because... With so many of our podcasts, how cool would it be to create some kind of live event that isn't really just a conference, that it's maybe... South by Southwest. Something along those lines. Yeah. And I mean... podcasters. Yeah, totally. Or even like at a smaller degree, you know, like something like Burning Man, which is like, obviously that's huge, but a smaller iteration of something along those lines where... It is more about the art or the community or just simply at the attendance of it. Podcasters are performers, not teachers and speakers. Yeah, most of the time. I absolutely. Yeah, you're you right. You know who couldn't benefit from that? All the entrepreneur on fire. Exactly. Like the, it's the dream to have a podcast. Well, that's like LA Podfest, right? It's like, yep. I mean, I know that's not like South by Southwest, but I'm just saying like, you know, the, those business shows and all the speakers that you see every time, everywhere. It won't be for them. It's for those of you who talk about books and history and sports and comedy and podcasting even or life coaching or, you know, if you're the goddess next door, right? Totally. And that's, that's a great idea. I think that it's awesome. And I think that that's also resonates with things like what Danny Pena from Gamer Time Radio was doing too back in the day is that they yeah. were having those those parties. They would sell parties and people would get together and kind of get together for the community themselves. But they would play video games. They would have opening and parties. And there's music. With, and there's music. That's right. So like the, like the video game companies are the ones that would get together with the gamer tag peeps because they had the peep, they had their audience as well. So there was a sense of like sponsorship through the event, but it would also not only like nobody felt like they were being sold to. And I 
think my biggest thing about podcasting events, or at least not not just podcasting event, but live events that are attached to a podcast, is that at this moment I feel that they're in only in the conference realm. And there are a few of obviously the procasters are doing the live events where you do attend and you watch a show and it is entertaining and whatnot. But I feel what's missing is what a lot of the our, the real hardcore. Um, niche events that go around like um, Comic-Con or um, Dragon Con or, you know, all of those that are purely for the fanaticals, the people who love science fiction, the people who just love comics. Mm-hmm. They're attending for the event itself. Not They're not attending to go learn something and come back. They're, they want the experience. And I feel that we can really benefit from cultivating that uh, around podcasting. I agree. So. Totally agree. You guys should definitely read that, um, how Empire Magazine came to a drain podcast. It has a lot of really in- interesting insight of how they did it or how they are monetizing. And it has, and it's not really necessarily um, focusing in on sponsorships as we know them at this moment. So that's pretty awesome. Yay. I mean, are there any kinds of shows that you feel like couldn't? Make um, money with an event? Couldn't. Let me see. Like, who couldn't? Who couldn't? That's a really hard question because I don't, I, I can come up with an idea for, I think, you know what, something it's like. harder to always, I mean, I could come up with ideas of who could all day long. Yeah, I know. I think what, who couldn't, maybe somebody, like an event. I think maybe something like, you know, like the feed, like our, my podcast with Rob. It's very news oriented. It's um, true. I don't think that. It would be an event of like us doing the feed live, I guess, you know, but that would be the thing. It would just be that. But I mean, getting Libsyn's audience together, all no, your that's fans a, and your event, yeah. I mean, you, you could do it. We it could just do would that. would be challenging. Yeah, it would be challenging to make it like more like a, an, an, like a fun event. I guess, yeah, if you think about it in the scope of not just being around the feed and more of a Libsyn thing, it would be. Yeah, it would totally open it up. But I, I almost can't think of anything because I was like, okay, let's see. All the all the parenting type podcasts, all the mother type podcasts, they can totally create an event for mothers from a variety of different points of view. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, from so many different angles. It's anything crazy. from a retreat to a parenting. Yeah, sales stuff, like for kids, like something just for the kids. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things that you can do with that kind of stuff. Like somebody for like the entertainment ones would be kind of super fun to do, obviously based on on whatever it is that the genre that they're pushing for that they love Star Trek or a specific TV show. Like for Downton Abbey, how cool would it be to do like some kind of like high tea experience? I would love that. Or something like that. Oh my God. And I know, you know, Craftlet does, Heather Ordover does her trips where she takes people over to England. Yes. And they do. That's what I'm talking about. How cool is that? Like, that's like a tour of the different places inside of literature. That's phenomenal. 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 So, yeah, there's like those kinds of things and how to, so I don't know, there's just so much. There's so much in terms of the live interaction and driving more um, from listeners, which I think that you can't, again, this is something that we as listeners can do. I mean, sorry, we as indie podcasters can do rather than the larger podcasts. Something like, I guess, you know, of course they've done like This American Life has, has been done live. Um, there's a lot of the procasters that are doing live events, like live shows, 
of this. I think it's harder to do an event like we're talking about where it is multidimensional, that is reliant on the audience of the podcast, but it but goes beyond it. Mm-hmm. My other thing that I really want to create or grow or something would be to have like a podcast listener type festival, sort of like the LA Podfest, where in the LA Podfest, you get all of the big wig, like comedy peeps. And the majority of that conference is not podcasters. It's the audience. It's their fans. And I kind of want that. I wish that there was a way for podcast fans to then come to an event and meet the podcasters in some way. But I think that, you know, for She Podcasts, our group is so diverse that it's like, how do you, like, we have every genre. It would be, I think it would be an easier sell if it was something about meet the tech podcasters or meet the entertainment podcasters or something like that, where it would be a little different, but anyhow. Yeah, I know. That's a cool, I know. We can always do it. We can do whatever we want, Elsie. As soon as we're ready to travel, I'm ready. I'm right there with you. I'm booking the plane tickets. You don't even know it. <laughs> you don't even know it. I know, and you totally are. So I think that we've <laughs> um, we've kind of have we exhausted this ourselves. Death. We have exhausted yeah. ourselves. This is Memorial Day. Actually, I hope you guys enjoy today, and you are relaxing by the pool while we are talking to you. Are you going to a here. pool for Memorial Day? I don't know. Do you have a pool that you could go to? Yeah. Yes, I think so. <laughs> you don't sound sure. I know. I just, I was like, I saw a pool in my head. Oh, well, we did because when Nanny and Pap were here, when the grandparents were here, they just left actually um, two days ago. We went to their hotel and they had an indoor pool and it was very fun. Did you have to prove you knew someone staying there? No, because we would always go with them. Well, then, yeah, just go there. Oh, you need a card to go inside. Oh, crap. I know. Oh, well. I hope you can figure it out. We're going to our JCC pool opens on Saturday and then it's prom. Oh my gosh. I didn't think I'd get to see her go to a prom. So I'm pretty excited. Oh, well, the last time we talked, she wasn't going to a prom. So, well, they're teenagers. So things change every day, I know, but I'm pretty sure she's going now. Okay. (laughs) And things are worked out for the moment. So that's good. Okay, good. Well, I, I can't wait to see pictures. So. Thank you. All right. So you guys have a wonderful holiday weekend. And we will see you for number 99 next time. Holy crafticles. Yeah, that's crazy. Ah. All right. Love you. Mean it. Bye. Bye. Bye.